the Lord uh, for his presence. I, I remember singing uh, this song uh, when I was in Alaska, and they had taken me to the Gulf of Alaska, and uh, they were going to take us out, do some deep sea fishing. And uh, as we started out on that water, and I began to look around at the beautiful creation of God, I had to, I had to praise Him, and I began to sing this song to myself, to Him, and, uh, and tears started to flow down my face as I began to consider the wonderful works of God. And uh, it's a beautiful thing to be able to feel His presence anywhere you are. Hallelujah. Any place you are, you can feel the presence of God. Thank you, Lord. You enter into his gates with thanksgiving. That's how you enter into the presence of the Lord, with thanksgiving. Hallelujah. Why don't we just one more time lift up our hands to the Lord and give him praise. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you for your blessings. Thank you for your love. Thank you for everlasting life. Hallelujah. 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 We give you praise in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Thank the Lord. We're going to go directly into the word of the Lord this evening. We're continuing uh, our summertime series on sound doctrine. And uh, we are going to be studying uh, tonight for a few moments on the subject of the Holy Ghost. The Holy Ghost. Uh, you can say Holy Ghost. You can say Holy Spirit. Same thing. Uh, the Bible calls... The Holy Ghost, the Holy Spirit, and the Bible calls the Holy Spirit the Holy Ghost. Uh, some people prefer Holy Ghost, some people prefer Holy Spirit. Some people like Holy Spirit because it, um, it doesn't sound as spooky as Holy Ghost. And some people prefer Holy Ghost because it doesn't sound as contemporary as Holy Spirit. But either one is perfectly fine. The Bible refers to the Holy Ghost as the Holy Spirit and the Holy Spirit as the Holy Ghost. And so we're going to just read from uh, the beginning here, from Acts chapter 2 and verse 38. This verse of Scripture is a verse of Scripture that we probably cannot overstate uh, simply because this is, the, this is the message of how a person can be saved uh, in obedience to the gospel of Jesus Christ. Acts chapter 2 and verse 38. Then Peter said unto them, Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, for the remission of sins, and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. Uh, so this was the day, this was the moment in Scripture where the Holy Ghost was first poured out. It was poured out. Just as the scriptures had promised, the prophet Joel prophesied, It shall come to pass in the last days, saith God, I will pour out my spirit upon all flesh. And your sons and your daughters shall prophesy, and your old men shall dream dreams, and your young men shall see visions. And on my servants and on my handmaidens will I pour out my spirit in those days. And so this was the day that it happened. When the day of Pentecost was fully come, they were all with one accord in one place. And suddenly there came a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind. It filled all the house where they were sitting. There appeared unto them cloven tongues like as a fire. It sat upon each of them and they were all filled. Everybody say filled. Filled with the gift of the Holy Ghost and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. Now we see the, the action of the Holy Ghost in the Old Testament. The action of the Holy Ghost was present in the Old Testament. Uh, for instance, in the Old Testament, the Scripture says, In the beginning God created the heavens and the earth. The earth was without form and the earth was void. And darkness was upon the face of the deep. And the Spirit of God, hallelujah, the Spirit of God, that is the Holy Spirit. 
The Spirit of God moved upon the face of the waters, and then the Word of God came forth. And God said, let there be light, and there was light. The Spirit of God moved upon the face of the waters in creation and prepared the earth for the Word of God to come forth. So the Holy Ghost was active. It's important that we understand the Holy Ghost, ladies and gentlemen, is not some different person in a uh, trinity of beings. Uh, but the Holy Ghost is Almighty God. Just as the Son of God is not a different person in a trinity of beings, but the Son of God is the Almighty God manifest in human flesh. So we're not speaking of a second person or a third person in a trinity. We're speaking of one God, hallelujah, who has manifested himself and is Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Uh, he is one Lord. Before we learn anything about God, before we believe anything about God, the most important thing that we must understand is that the Lord, our God, is one. And so when he comes to us as the son of the living God, this is God in Christ reconciling the world unto himself. And he paid the price that all men and women are required to pay. He suffered the death that all men and women were destined to suffer and to die. He tasted death for every man. God did as the Son of God. God did as the Son of God. And, and then he, he caused in this earth to be fulfilled the law of the Lord. His blood was the blood that had the power to bring to pass the payment of the debt that man owed. This is why people were dying and continue to die because man owes a debt that he is unable to pay. And as long as this earth is in its, in its current state, death will continue to have rule and reign on this earth. But it's important to understand that in Jesus Christ, we have victory over death. In Jesus Christ, we have power, thank the Lord, over death, hell, and the grave. And so, this is what God did as the Son of God. But Jesus, the Almighty God manifest in the flesh, the Word manifest in the flesh, God in Christ reconciling the world unto Himself, He explained to us and He explained to His disciples. He said... I am with you, but shall be in you. The Holy Ghost was the Spirit of God, and it was present, as I said, in the Old Testament. The fact the Bible says that, that the Scriptures of old were not given by the will of man, but were, were given by holy men of God. Holy men of old who spake as they were moved by the Holy Ghost. So the Holy Ghost would move upon the prophets of the Old Testament. And the prophecy of Jesus Christ would come forth as the prophets of the Old Testament were moved by the Holy Ghost. But the Holy Ghost, by, by way of the ministry of Jesus Christ, was going to be able now to not just move people or be with people, but the Holy Ghost was going to be in people. This was going to be the Almighty God being, being poured out upon all flesh and deposited into the life of every individual who, praise the Lord, believes on Him as the Scripture hath said. And when you believe on him as the scripture has said, listen, there are a lot of people who claim to believe on him. But there's a difference between believing on him and believing on him as the scripture hath said. See, the scripture says to the question, what shall we do? Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins. And you shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. When we believe that Jesus is the mighty God... Hallelujah, manifest in our flesh. 
able to do what we were unable to do. Live the kind of life we were unable to live. Able to overcome the temptations we were unable to overcome. Able to look death in the eye and become obedient even unto death, the death of the cross. And he went into death's chamber as an innocent man, as a perfect substitute, as a perfect sacrifice, as a perfect high priest, as a perfect lamb, as a perfect man. And he overcame the death we were unable to overcome. Hallelujah. Oh, hallelujah. And so we give God praise for that. This is what we believe about Jesus. And he that believeth on me, as the scripture hath said, out of his innermost being shall flow rivers of living water. Hallelujah. Jesus let them know that it shall be in you. Glory to God. As living waters, as a well of living water springing up. Hallelujah, into everlasting life. That's what the Holy Ghost is intended to do. This is God's way of coming into our life and into every part of our life and filling us to overflowing. Hallelujah. The Holy Ghost has power. And the power of the Holy Ghost begins to operate in our life and does things for us and, and gives us abilities and, and gives us victory that we would not have without the power of the Holy Ghost. And so we want to talk about that for just a little bit. And really quick, I want, to, I want to take us back to Acts chapter 2, to that moment when the Holy Ghost was poured out and they spake with new tongues. They spake in other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. There were devout Jews uh, that were there in Jerusalem out of every nation under heaven. They gathered into the upper room. And when they did, they heard these speak with new tongues. And they were speaking languages that they uh, did not uh, know. They knew these people. They knew they were Galileans. They knew that they probably most likely were not bilingual, multilingual. And here they are speaking fluent languages that, that these devout Jews knew they had no way of knowing. And uh, these were folks who came from the uttermost parts of the earth. And here they are in Jerusalem hearing languages spoken. It was a broad variety of languages that were being spoken. God was using this moment not only to fill these folks with the Holy Ghost, but he was also using this moment as a testimony to the unbelievers that something is happening in this place that is far beyond your comprehension. I shared this a couple of weeks ago. I'll, I'll share it again. This is very similar to what happened to my great-grandfather, when he received, or when he first witnessed people receiving the gift of the Holy Ghost. He was in Chicago. He had told the uh, landlady of a friend, because he'd gone to visit his friend at his home where he lived, and wanted to tell him about the beautiful experience of repentance that he'd had uh, in the presence of the Lord. And uh, the, the friend was gone. The landlady was overseeing the house. And she, was, she welcomed him in and said, you're welcome to stay here while your friend will return, I, I imagine, momentarily. So he stayed there. And he witnessed to her. He said, i got to tell you what the Lord has done for me. He has changed my whole life. I've repented of my sins and I just feel so good. I feel like a weight has come up off of my shoulder. And that will happen when you repent of your sins. And in fact, it's such a wonderful feeling and such a, a, a cleansing feeling that some people think that they should just camp out right there and thank God for what he did and don't move any further. But, but if, you, if you understand what the scripture says, that's just the tip of the iceberg. Keep on going because God has more for you. And she told my great-grandfather, she said, if you think that's something, you ought to receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. He said... I have not so much as heard whether there be any Holy Ghost. And she said, well, let me tell you that people are receiving the Holy Ghost all over. This was around 1909, 1910, 1909. And, um, and she said there is a, this was about three years after Azusa Street had begun. She said there is a revival going on at the Pentecostal Holiness Church. You need to go down there and experience for yourself the outpouring and the infilling of the Holy Ghost. 
So he did, and he walked in, and it blew his mind. People were getting the Holy Ghost left and right. And to be honest with you, it, you know, it might have even been a little out of order. I don't know. They were brand new. Everybody in that place was a brand new babe in the Lord. All they knew was they had a hold of some wild fire and were thanking God for it. And they were speaking in tongues everywhere, and he couldn't believe his eyes. And he's looking around watching folks receive the Holy Ghost, and they're just speaking in tongues left and right. All of a sudden, the man next to him bursts forth speaking in other tongues as the Spirit of God gave the utterance. And he was speaking in Armenian, which was my great-grandfather's native language. And he was a man from Chicago. My great-grandfather assumed he would have no way of knowing Armenian as fluently as he did. And the man spoke forth in a fluent Armenian tongue, and he was worshiping Jehovah and he was welcoming Jehovah into his spirit into his life and he was he was declaring having been filled with the spirit of Jehovah and in fact my great-grandfather took the time to later recount in his book the words the man was speaking in in Armenian and he would write the corresponding words that he heard him speak in English. And so, so it was really amazing to read what the man was speaking in Armenian and then know what he was saying in English as it was translated. It so impacted my great-grandfather, but he was still spooked by the whole experience. I mean, it was, that's awesome, that's great, it's real, but it's still a little crazy. And so he walked out not knowing what to do. He read his Bible again and he said, this is what the Bible describes. And so he went back to his Persian mission. He had a little church called the Persian Mission. And it was a mission for young Assyrian men who had immigrated to the United States. That's what he was. He was Assyrian. He had immigrated to the United States. He opened up a Persian mission for young men like himself so that he could, he could preach the gospel to them. All he knew was the baptism of John, if you please, repentance. And, uh, and that's what he would share with them. But then he had this experience. So he told them, he said, we need to begin tarrying for the Holy Ghost. We need to begin searching for the Holy Ghost and asking God to fill us with the Holy Ghost. Hallelujah. And so as he did, uh, he never told them that they would speak with tongues. He never shared that information with them. He only said, let's seek for the Holy Ghost. And one by one, they began to receive the Holy Ghost speaking in other tongues as the Spirit of God gave the utterance. And, and so much, the outpouring was so much that, that the whole church got the Holy Ghost before he did. The, the pastor was the only one who didn't have the Holy Ghost. Amen. And thank the Lord he would then receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. But he wanted to know, is this real? Is this how it happens? Is it manipulated? Is it somehow conjured? No, sir. No, ma'am. It's the Bible way. Hallelujah. When the Holy Ghost comes inside of you, you will speak with other tongues. You will speak with other tongues. And so the reason that you speak with other tongues is, is James describes the tongue. And he says this way, no man can tame the tongue. James says in his third chapter, he describes that the tongue is like, a, uh, like the governor of a ship. It's, it's the, the helm of a ship. It's just a, a small piece, but the whole ship is directed by this small uh, helm. He said it's like the bit in the horse's mouth. It's, it's this big, massive animal, but it's this small bit in the horse's mouth that directs the whole body of the, of the horse. He said that's the way the tongue is. He said your tongue is a small member, but it's an unruly evil. He said it's a deadly poison. He says that it sets on fire the course of nature. No man can tame it. And we understand from the book of Proverbs that the power of life and death is in the tongue. So your whole body is is directed by what your tongue is saying 
Your whole life up to this point has been directed by the words that your tongue is speaking. And so your tongue is speaking doubt, negativity, and complaint, and murmuring, and grumbling, and discontentment. And your life has just taken course, has followed right behind what your tongue is saying. Your tongue is the leader of your life. And God, when he fills you with the Holy Ghost, what he does when he fills you with the Holy Ghost is he gets a hold of your tongue. It says that's what we're going to deal with right there because that's the root of your problem. And that's why we encourage people, yield your tongue to the Lord. We're not trying to manipulate them or get them to, to learn how to speak in tongues. You can't learn how to speak in tongues. The Spirit of God gives the utterance. Hallelujah. What we're saying, go ahead and let the Lord have your tongue. Because no man can tame the tongue, but God can tame the tongue. don't need to bite your tongue just let the Lord have your tongue amen you don't have to let the cat get your tongue just let the Lord have it have your tongue let the Lord tame that unruly evil that deadly poison that makes toxic the environment around you that makes toxic your uh, family situation and your family circumstances your friendships have been poisoned by that unruly tongue but when the Holy Ghost gets inside of you hallelujah when the Holy Ghost gets inside of you your tongue will begin to magnify God and it will be the work of the Lord it will be the doing of God amen and so so it even it's it's a beautiful thing really when you stop and consider it we see kind of a kind of a uh, a type and a shadow of it or, or uh, let me say it this way we see a a reflection of it when Jesus uh, fills the water pots with water and then changes them to wine Okay, we see a reflection of what happens when someone receives the gift of the Holy Ghost. Jesus was told they need wine at the wedding. And Jesus said, mine hour is not yet come. He said to his mother, woman, what have I to do with thee? Mine hour is not yet come. And uh, so Mary was off. But she must have been off by just like a few seconds. Like a few minutes. Like his hour was like not yet, but, but he was maybe five minutes off. He's like looking at the clock. You got to wait just a second. We're almost there. Amen. Because he began to go into action. He said, bring me water pots and fill them up with water. Amen. They said, well, we need wine. He said, I know you need wine. Fill them up with water. Just, just trust me. How many have learned to just trust him? Fill the water pots with water. And, he, and then he said, Don't, and when I say fill them, I mean fill them. Fill them up to the brim. Amen. And when they are filled to the brim, they're filled to the brim. And something happened when they were filled to the brim. The Bible says when they were filled to the brim, what once was water became wine. Hallelujah. New wine. Praise the Lord. Now, now we have to understand that's how it is in receiving the gift of the Holy Ghost. You've got to fill your vessel with water. And by water, I mean praise. That's why we tell people, just praise him. Worship him. Tell him, tell him how great he is. Let your soul magnify the Lord. Step away from the complaint you've been speaking and speak praise. Step away from the doubt you've been speaking and speak faith. Begin to tell him, Lord, come to me. Lord, fill me. I trust you. I believe in your word. Your word. Word has the power. What's happening is you're filling the water pot with water. Just keep on praising him. Lord, you're great. Lord, you're greatly to be praised. How excellent is your name in all the earth. There's none like you. There's none beside you. You're the one true and living God. Hallelujah. I give my heart to you. I give my mind to you. I give my soul to you. You better, you better get ready because the more praise you let get up into that vessel... The closer you get to the brim, and when that praise reaches the brim, it's going to turn into wine. It's going to turn into another language. One that nobody taught you. One you didn't learn in preschool. One you didn't learn in elementary school. One you didn't learn in middle school or high school or college. It is the Lord who has taken control of your tongue. Hallelujah. And what's happening 
is that you are magnifying God in a language you don't know. It can be a heavenly language or it can simply be a foreign language to you. But it is an unknown tongue. And it is, it is actually the Lord taking your tongue and praising himself through you. It's, a, it's, 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 it's absolutely an amazing experience of worship. The Holy Ghost is in you, and, and the way you know it is that the Holy Ghost is speaking through you. Glory. And, and you say, why would God need to praise me through my tongue? Well, let me explain to you. Because as sincere as your praise might be, you can never adequately describe the glory and the greatness of God. You can call him awesome, but he's more awesome than awesome. You can call him great, but he's greater than great. I know how to say he's wonderful, but he's more wonderful than wonderful. My tongue can never describe the glory and the power and the wisdom and the might of my God. So I come to a place in worship where I release myself to him and say, All right, God, I want you to take my tongue and I want you to praise you the way you deserve to be praised. Hallelujah. And that's, that's, that's when your tongue begins to, to praise the Lord. Now the Bible says that there's this element not only of worship but also of prayer. Where that the Spirit makes intercession for us. And the scripture describes that uh, when we do not know how to pray for something as we ought to pray for it. The Spirit makes intercession. See, prayer is something that... That, that must be done. That's how we subdue principalities in the name of Jesus. We speak it. We, we declare it. That's why it's important to plead the blood of Jesus. It's, it's why it's important to pray over your children, over your grandchildren, over your spouse, and over your church, and, and over, over your family, and over your, your job, and over your finances, and, and marriage, and on and on. And just, just, just call on the power of God. Call on the name of the Lord. And when you don't know what to pray for, or, hallelujah, spirit-filled believer, speak in tongues. Because the spirit knows what needs to be said when you don't know what needs to be said. I've, I've prayed for things before and have seen no, uh, no change and thought, my goodness, I've prayed for everything I know needs to be prayed for. I cast down every imagination I can imagine. I've tried to subdue everything that I think needs to be subdued. I've tried to rebuke every unclean spirit I think would need to be rebuked. I, I can't imagine what more I could pray. So, so what I understand then is that there's a nuance. There's an intangible. There's something that I don't understand. And I'm going to let the Holy Ghost in me. I'm going to let the Holy Ghost in me. Hallelujah. Begin to speak those things into order. I don't even know what it is I'm dealing with, but I'll pray to the Lord and I'll pray in tongues and the Spirit makes intercession for you. If you go days without speaking in tongues, you don't know what you're missing. You're, there are things that you're allowing back into your life, but when you allow a free flow of the Holy Ghost to operate in your life, it's, it, is a, it is a remarkable experience. So speak in tongues daily. Let the Lord fill you up to overflowing and cause you to live in the abundance, hallelujah, of the Holy Ghost. And so, so this is what happens when a person speaks with tongues. And this is, this is the when a person receives the Holy Ghost, they speak with other tongues. Now, when the Holy Ghost gets inside of us, the Holy Ghost inside of us begins to move upon us in a dramatic way and begins to do things for us. For instance, uh, when I say that, I don't, mean, I don't mean all your carnal desires, but I'm talking about the effectual uh, working of the Spirit begins to happen in your life. So in Romans chapter 5, for instance, the Bible says that the love of God is shed abroad in your hearts by the Holy Ghost. The love of God is shed abroad in your hearts by the Holy Ghost. So I want you to imagine what that's saying. Your heart, without the, without the action of the Holy Ghost, is incapable of of really thriving in the fullness of God's love without the Holy Ghost at work. 
Amen. It, it reminds me of kind of like the, the, a sprinkler system. The sprinkler system gets, uh, when you get that sprinkler system moving, you don't want to be nearby it when it takes, when it begins to do its work because it's going to get everything around it soaked. And that's what the Holy Ghost is. It's like putting a sprinkler inside of your heart. And, and the water that comes out of it is the love of God, the love of God, the love of God. And it's shed abroad in your hearts. And so the scripture says that we are to love the Lord with all our hearts and all our minds and all our soul and all our strength. You and I in our flesh are incapable of loving God with all of our hearts. Our hearts are so divided. Our hearts are so broken. Our hearts are so, so split. Our minds are so double-minded. Our, our words, we double talk. We double speak. We, we speak out of both sides of our mouth. That's who our flesh is. That's what our flesh is. Concerning the heart of man, the Bible says that the heart of man is desperately wicked. It's deceitful above all things. But the Holy Ghost has the ability to spread the love of God throughout your heart and so when we begin to love the Lord the way we need to love the Lord that's a work of the Holy Ghost that's not a work of your flesh that's not an ability of your own to be able to love God the way God deserves to be loved that happens by the action of the Holy Ghost inside of you amen so this is why we stir up the gift that is in us we stir up the gift that is in us. Amen. That, the, the gift that is in us is the Holy Ghost. You say, well, I got a lot of gifts. Every one of the gifts you have naturally takes a backseat to the gift of the Holy Ghost. As a matter of fact, if you could stop being so proud of the gifts you have naturally and surrender those gifts to the Holy Ghost, you'd be amazed what God would do with your natural gifts. Those natural gifts would become supernatural gifts. Oh, hallelujah. If you've got a natural charisma, I'm going to tell you the Holy Ghost will take that natural charisma and win souls with it. Amen. If you've got a natural ability to sing, you let the anointing of God get on that natural ability to sing. And people won't just stand and applaud. People will repent while you're singing. Hallelujah. You let the Holy Ghost get a hold of your natural gifts and God will do something supernatural through you. Oh, hallelujah. And so this is how the Holy Ghost operates. Let me, uh, let me turn your attention to the book of 1 Corinthians Chapter 12, because we're speaking of the gift of the Holy Ghost. And the gift of the Holy Ghost is something that is a gift from God. But not only is the Holy Ghost a gift from God, but the Holy Ghost as a gift from God provides other gifts. And so these are gifts that can operate inside the believer through the power of the Holy Ghost. 1 Corinthians chapter 12 and verse 4. Now there are diversities of gifts but the same Spirit. That same Spirit is the Spirit of God. Verse 5. There are differences of administrations, but the same Lord. There are diversities of operations, but it is the same God which worketh all in all. But the manifestation of the Spirit is given to every man to profit with all. For to one is given by the Spirit the word of wisdom. To another, by the Spirit, the word of knowledge, by the same Spirit. To another, faith by the same Spirit. To another, the gifts of healing by the same Spirit. To another, the working of miracles. To another, prophecy. To another, discerning of spirits. To another, diverse kinds of tongues. To another, the interpretation of tongues. But all these worketh that one and the self, same Spirit, dividing to every man, severally as he will. For as the body is one and hath many members, all the members of that one body being many are one body, so also is Christ. Can I tell you that when the Holy Ghost is in you and abounding in you, the gifts of the Holy Ghost will thrive in you. The gifts of the Holy Ghost aren't spooky. They're not sensational. They're not supposed to be used so, you know, a lot of times people have tried to manipulate the gifts. 
and have tried to use them in a way that others will look upon them and as the scripture says concerning Simon the sorcerer that he was some great one. And you've seen it, charlatans who've come through the years uh, and they try to lay hold of the gifts of the spirit and they try to use them so that others can ooh and awe at them because of the gifts of the Holy Ghost. The gifts of the Holy Ghost are not for the exaltation of any person, but the gifts of the Spirit are for the edifying of the body of Christ. And the gifts of the Spirit are to save the souls of lost mankind. And the gifts of the Spirit can operate in your daily life. Hallelujah. The gifts of the Spirit can operate in your conversations. You can, in your conversation, the word of knowledge can go into operation immediately. And you begin to minister to somebody about something you, in your natural mind, had no way of knowing about. But the Holy Ghost quickened it to your natural mind. And you're able to speak on it. That's the word of knowledge. The Holy Ghost in you can do that. I've learned that when you feel the urge to begin to, to, to minister to somebody about a certain thing, go for it. Hallelujah, that's not the devil telling you to minister to somebody. That's the gift of the Spirit in operation. And you don't even know what's happening, but the Spirit in you is discerning something. The Spirit in you is speaking wisdom and knowledge. And, and I've seen the gift of healing go into operation. Where, where somebody begins to be healed by the Holy Ghost in you. The Holy Ghost in you begins to go into operation as the gift of healing. And let me tell you this. The gift of healing that comes from the Holy Ghost is not just a healing for those around you, but it's a healing for you. Amen. That gift of healing that comes from the Holy Ghost, it's not just so you can lay hands on people and they be healed physically, spiritually, emotionally, but that Holy Ghost in you can dispense healing to your body, to your mind, to your relationship. It can heal the dysfunction of your spirit. Hallelujah. The Holy Ghost in you can do that. Amen. So, so, so you just go forth and know I'm filled with the Holy Ghost. I'm filled with the Holy Ghost. I can do anything for God. Can I remind somebody that I can do all things through Christ which strengtheneth me? Don't be afraid of the Lord using you in your workplace. Don't be afraid of the Lord using you in your, in your family. Don't be afraid of the Lord using you in your, in your friendships because the Holy Ghost in you will do a work that you don't fully understand. And if you try to understand the Holy Ghost, you're going you're gonna to be frustrated. Because you're not going to be able to understand exactly what the Holy Ghost wants to do. Scripture says, the wind blows where it listeth. And you hear the sound thereof. But you can't tell whence it cometh and whither it goeth. So is everyone that is born of the Spirit. I remember one time we had a minister's meeting before a Sunday evening service several years ago. And I have experienced many times in my ministry where that a sermon would not come together. It just wouldn't come together. I prayed, prayed, studied, fasted, called on God, begged, pleaded the blood, pleaded with God, and it just wouldn't come together. And I'm walking into the, I'm walking into the sanctuary thinking, Lord, you didn't give me anything. And then what would happen invariably, what would happen is that, that the Holy Ghost would move in that service. And, and, and there would be deliverance to come and there would be miracles to take place. And, and, and I wasn't even able to preach. And I thought, oh, well, that's, that's why, because God had other plans. I should know by now that God's got this. It's his church. He'll do what he wants to do. He doesn't have to tell me what his plans are. I, I just need to trust him. So I was having this meeting with the ministers and I said, one thing I've learned is that I always know when God's going to move upon a service and there won't be any preaching because God won't have given me a sermon to preach. I always know, I can always tell when God is going to move in a way that there'll be no preaching because he will not have given me something to preach and so I can just be at ease and know that God's going to do it. And so... We wrapped up the minister's meeting and I had my Bible and my notebook. I had my sermon all ready. Going into service, I'm going to preach tonight. 
And if God didn't move in that service, and I, could, I almost could hear the Lord kind of say, oh, you always know. You always know. You always know when I'm going to move and when, 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 when you're not going to have to preach. You always know. And what I've learned, <laughs> what I've learned is that I don't know nearly like I think I know. And that you just got to let the Holy Ghost have his way. Hallelujah. And he'll move. Hallelujah. And he'll flow. Hallelujah. 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 Glory to God. You know why we're here tonight? We're here because the Holy Ghost has moved on us throughout the years. How many love it when the Holy Ghost will just move upon a service? How many love it when the Holy Ghost will just give you peace? Hallelujah. Like a river. Joy unspeakable and full of glory. Hallelujah. Oh, hallelujah. How many remember when you got drunk in the Holy Ghost? Hallelujah. How many remember when you spoke in tongues and you couldn't stop speaking in tongues and you just praised him and you worshiped him and something was changing down deep on the inside of you. Oh, glory to God. It's not just emotion. It's not just emotion. It's the power of the Holy Ghost. It's the work of God. Hallelujah. At work in our life. Thank you, Jesus. I knew of a man who said, I'm going to get the Holy Ghost. He had been trying to get the Holy Ghost for a long time. He said, I'm going to get the Holy Ghost tonight. And he came to church with a sleeping bag and a pillow. They said, what are you doing with a sleeping bag and a pillow? He said, I'm not leaving until I get the Holy Ghost. Come on, somebody's got to get desperate. Somebody's got to get hungry. Somebody's got to say, Lord, I want the move of your spirit. I want the move of the Holy Ghost. Hallelujah. And the Holy Ghost will get down deep on the inside of you. It'll make you a better person. The Holy Ghost will make you a better person. The Holy Ghost will make you a believer. The Holy Ghost will anoint your words and your thoughts. Hey, You'll have power over temptation that you never had before. Hallelujah. All of a sudden, temptations that used to seem like giants, that used to lord over you, that used to control you, control your appetites and control your thought. All of a sudden, out of nowhere, you got this ability to walk right by them and say, you don't control me like you used to control me. You don't intimidate me like you used to intimidate me. What is that? That's the Holy Ghost. I said, that's the Holy Ghost. That's the Holy Ghost. Glory, hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Not only will the Holy Ghost give you power over temptation, power over temptation, but the Bible says the Lord is a quickening spirit. And that spirit, if that spirit dwell in you, that spirit will quicken, hallelujah, quicken your mortal body. Don't you know that's what's going to happen on the day that the trumpet sounds? That spirit inside of you is going to be quickened. And you shall be changed from this mortal to immortality. From this corruptible to incorruption. That's what the Holy Spirit will do. It's kind of like this. If uh, How many have a key fob? You have a key fob to your car. You know what I'm talking about? Well, if you're like me and you... Park your car in this big parking lot. You don't pay any attention to where you park the car. Now, y'all pray for me. I got to get better about this. But I'm just not paying attention. And I'll park my car, put it in park, and I'll get up and I'll, I'll walk toward the store and I'll take care of my business. And, and then I come out and it's like in, in, inevitable. I'll be like, oh, oh, I forgot where I parked and so you'll see me go this way, and then you'll see me come this way, and I'll go down that way. The only time it's really frustrating is when it's about 8 degrees outside. That's when you see me run this way and run that way. But thank the Lord for key fobs, because the maker of the car made a key, and that key has in it a sensor, and inside that car is a corresponding sensor. And there's this 
nifty little button on the key fob called panic. And when I can't find my car, I'm panicking. So I will push that panic button and there's a message that's in the key that is sent to the car and the car starts going crazy. Horns are honking, lights are flashing and and folks are running and, and jumping when they're walking by it. And now I know where my car is. That's kind of the way the Holy Ghost works. See, when that trumpet sounds, there's a sensor in that trumpet that is corresponding to a sensor in you. See, the Holy Ghost in you is a sensor that corresponds to the trumpet. And when that trumpet sounds, listen, it doesn't matter if you've been dead and buried, hallelujah, for 10, 20, or 200 years. When the Holy Ghost is inside of you and that last trumpet sounds, that spirit shall quicken your mortal body. Woo, hallelujah. That spirit shall quicken your mortal body. And you know what? That's what happens in a Holy Ghost service. Every once in a while, you know, the Bible says it's the earnest of our inheritance. We have this treasure in earthen vessels. And so every once in a while in the middle of a Holy Ghost service, you'll, you'll feel a little bit of that Holy Ghost quickening power. Amen. Oh, glory. You see folks doing it. They're just, they're just normal people. You've seen them out and about. Shake their hand. They're polite, kind, and normal. But when the Holy Ghost starts moving, oh, hey. It's a little quickening power. It's like a little jolt. It's like they put their tongue on a battery or something. Oh, hallelujah. But when that trumpet sounds, that voltage is going to go through the roof. And this whole mortal body, glory, is going to be quickened. Right now, right now our body is aging. Right now our body is, is digressing and dilapidating. But I'm going to tell you, the Holy Ghost inside of you, the Holy Ghost inside of you will quicken this natural, mortal, corruptible body and will translate you, hallelujah, into the kingdom of his dear son. Oh, blessed be the name of the Lord. So yes, we want the Holy Ghost to fall. And yes, we want to preach the Holy Ghost. Praise the name of the Lord. The Holy Ghost will move upon you. Listen to what John chapter 14 says. Jesus speaking to his disciples. This is before the Holy Ghost was poured out. In Acts chapter 2, Acts chapter 8. Acts chapter 10, Acts chapter 19, John chapter 14. He says in verse 15, if you love me, keep my commandments. And I will pray the Father, and he shall give you another comforter, that he may abide with you forever. Even the Spirit of truth, whom the world cannot receive, because it seeth him not, neither knoweth him. But you know him, for he dwelleth with you, and shall be in you I will not leave you comfortless I will come to you yet a little while and the world seeth me no more but you see me because I live hallelujah you shall live also blessed be the name of the Lord at that day you shall know that I am in my father and ye in me and I in you glory to God he goes on to say in John chapter 14 Verse number 25, these things have I spoken unto you, being yet present with you. But the Comforter, which is the Holy Ghost, whom the Father will send in my name, he shall teach you all things. He shall teach you all things. He shall teach you all things. And he shall bring all things to your remembrance whatsoever I have said unto you. Peace I leave with you. My peace I give unto you. Not as the world giveth, give I unto you. Let not your heart be troubled, neither let it be afraid. Hallelujah. Notice what he said. The Holy Ghost, the Comforter. The Comforter will teach you all things. Let me tell you something. When the Holy Ghost begins to move in a person's life, and we begin to teach them the Word of God, it's important that we're teaching them in conjunction with the Holy Ghost. We have to be led by the Holy Ghost while teaching them. 
And we can't, we can't try to teach them our agenda and say, well, you know what? I know the Holy Ghost is the one going to teach you all things, but the Holy Ghost doesn't seem to be doing his job right now. So, so I'm going to have to yank you from the Holy Ghost classroom. You sit in my class for a little while. No, no it doesn't work like that. The, it's the Holy Ghost. The Holy Ghost is, is the teacher of all things. What we have to do is get people into a position where they can receive the Holy Ghost, where they can feed on good pasture, where they can hear the Holy Ghost, where they can walk in the Holy Ghost, where they can live in the Holy Ghost. Do you know what the Bible says about folks who walk in the Spirit? You know what the Bible says? If you walk in the Spirit, you shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. We're beating our head against the wall trying to get somebody not to fulfill the lusts of the flesh when we don't in, in emphasize and instruct, walk in the Spirit, live in the Spirit. That's how you don't fulfill the lusts of the flesh. Hallelujah. You can't stay with somebody every second of every day, walking with them into every place of business they go, into every transaction that they make, into every conversation they have, and you try to help them not fulfill the lust of the flesh and don't fulfill it here and don't fulfill it there. No, no, no. But the Holy Ghost in them can go into every transaction, can go into every conversation, can go into every place of business, and the Holy Ghost in them can teach them and convict them and lead them. And guide them. Glory. I'm telling you. You know what I'm talking about because you've had it happen. I've had it happen. There have been times my flesh had the perfect response. The perfect reaction. Sarcastic and all. Mean. Cruel. And the Holy Ghost said, what are you doing? You're supposed to be dead in the watery grave. Get back, get back. Get back. Get back in the watery grave. Let me do the talking. Holy Ghost will move through you. Hallelujah. Glory to the name of Jesus. This is what the Holy Ghost will do. Notice what he said. The Holy Ghost will bring all things to your remembrance. Whatsoever I have said unto you. Hallelujah. The Holy Ghost will bring all things to your remembrance. Whatsoever I have said unto you. Let me tell you something. There are times in your walk with God regardless of how much you know, that you will forget. Your natural mind will forget. What you know about God, what you believe about God, what you've heard that is true about God, and it's in those moments that you are going to need the Holy Ghost to bring all things to your remembrance. Oh, we've gone over this before. God is with you. God is for you. And if God be for you, who can be against you? Hallelujah. He will bring all things unto your remembrance. You know, I have preached. I have preached. I used to, when I was a younger preacher, I used to beat myself up if I would walk out of the pulpit and I forgot some things I wanted to say. We'd have a beautiful move of God and people would be blessed and I'd walk away thinking, oh man, I forgot to say such and such. And that was a good point too. That would have been perfect. And, 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 and I learned, you know what? You can't beat yourself up over that. It must have been God who kept you from saying it. For whatever reason, maybe it would have been sent somebody down a rabbit trail. Maybe it would have been five minutes too long of a sermon. Maybe it would have been one unneeded thing to say. Just preach the word. Let the anointing of God come on you and let it all go where it goes and fall where it falls. Hallelujah. And trust the Holy Ghost to bring all things to your remembrance. Whatsoever he has said unto you. I've also had times where I've been about 15, 20 minutes into a sermon, 30 minutes, and the Holy Ghost moves. And I say, hold on, Holy Ghost. I got two more pages, really good stuff. Hold on, hold on. This is really going to go over good, Holy Ghost. You just hold on. <laughs> and the Holy Ghost says, no, 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 you don't understand the point. I'm the point. Let me have my way. How many want the Holy Ghost to have his way in your life? Come on, let's stand to our feet and clap our hands unto the Lord and lift our voices unto him. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Woo, glory, hallelujah. Come on, let's let the Holy Ghost move right now. Let's let the Holy Ghost move right now. Let's let the Holy Ghost move right now. Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. 
Some of you are going through something right now and you need the Holy Ghost to move on your behalf. Lift up your hands and say, God, I receive the moving of your spirit. Hallelujah, the moving of your spirit. Glory, 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 the moving of your spirit. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Hallelujah. Ezekiel was asked by the Lord, can these bones live? And Ezekiel said, Lord, thou knowest whether or not these bones can live. And the Lord said, prophesy to the bones. And so Ezekiel prophesied to the bones. He began to bring it into order. The bones came into order. He prophesied. Bone to his bone came together. Hallelujah. Joint to his joint. The bones came together. Sinew covered the bones. They stood up as a mighty army. That's what the Word will do. The Word will bring things into order. That's what happened in Genesis chapter 2. The Lord God formed man of the dust of the ground. Man had form. Hallelujah. By the Word of God. The Lord formed him. The Word of God will form the Word of God will structure. The Word of God will give you the, the, the ability to stand upright. That's what happened on the day of Pentecost. When the day of Pentecost was fully come, they were all with one accord. They were all in one place. The structure was just as it needed to be. But in the book of Ezekiel, the Lord said, can these bones live? Ezekiel said, Lord, you know. He said, then prophesy to the wind. And Ezekiel prophesied to the wind. And the wind came, hallelujah, from heaven and went into those bones. And the bones began to live again. In Genesis chapter 2, it took the breath of God. Man was formed of the dust of the ground. That's the structure. That's the word. But then God breathed into man's nostrils the breath of life. And man became a living soul. In Acts chapter 2, they were with one accord. They were in one place. The structure was as it needed to be. And now they were just waiting on the wind. Hallelujah. Waiting on the wind. And suddenly there came a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind. And it filled all the house where they were sitting. And there appeared unto them cloven tongues like as a fire sat upon each of them. And they were all filled now, I want, to, I want to come back to that in just a moment, but this is what I want to say. You get in this Word, and you let the Word form you. You obey it. Apply it. Listen to it. Follow the Word's instructions. Let the structure come into place. That's what instruction is. It's internal structure. If you'll follow the instructions of the Word, then the, the Word of God will internally structure your invisible parts hallelujah and then the wind will come and you just let the breath of God fill your nostrils you let the wind come from heaven you let the winds of the, the four corners of the earth come and breathe upon you like they did in that book of Ezekiel and I, and, and I want to I want to point out to you ladies and gentlemen what did Adam do when he began to become a living soul he opened up his mouth and he began to speak. He began to name animals. That's what happens when the Holy Ghost fills you. The first thing you do is you begin to speak with other tongues. Hallelujah. As the Spirit of God gives the utterance. Hallelujah. I believe God can move in your circumstances right now. I want you to let the Spirit of the Lord move upon you in Jesus' name all across this building. Let the Spirit of the Lord move upon your circumstances. Come on, you got things you're up against? Let the Lord move upon those things right now. God wants to do something you can't do on your own. God wants to do something you can't do by yourself. Hallelujah. You don't know where the wind is blowing, whence it cometh, and whither it goeth. But the Holy Ghost can move upon your situation right now. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Come on, somebody who needs God to do something you can't do on your own, let it happen right now. In the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah, in the name of Jesus. Woo. Come on, all across this building, lift up your hands and say, Holy Ghost, have your way. Holy Ghost, have your way. Holy Ghost, have your way. Come on, I want God to move in your marriage today. I want God to move in your family today. I want God to move in your business today. I want God to move upon your finances right now. Hallelujah, I want the Spirit of God to move upon your children and grandchildren. In Jesus' name, glory, hallelujah. Glory, hallelujah. 
glory hallelujah oh hallelujah come on that's it that's it that's it that's it let the Holy Ghost move hallelujah hallelujah <laughs> glory 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 yes Lord Come on, lift your voices and sing it again. Oh, yes, it is. 